Welcome to another episode of the In Due Time Podcast. And I'm your host, Mr. Anthony J. Ray. Today's episode, I wanted to kind of touch on a series of local trailblazers right here in the Atlanta area. This particular trailblazer that I selected this time, I personally think single-handedly helped build the uh, skyline that we see going 75, 85 north as you roll into Atlanta. Maybe you see a lot of his work as soon as you touch down and land at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. Today's trailblaze I wanted to touch on is Mr. Herman J. Russell. Over the years, I saw H.J. Russell billboards and construction sites throughout Atlanta. I had not a clue that this was a black man till later on in life. I think I was in my early to mid twenties and I, I had just started working at a hospital in the downtown area. And um, somebody had told me, they were like, you know, the man that uh, built the Georgia Dome is a black man. I said, what? They said, yeah. Yeah, he uh, had a part in the airport too. So immediately I became more of a student and fixated on this man's legacy, his history, and the things that he did to help shape and mold the city I love, Atlanta, Georgia. Mr. Herman J. Russell was born on the south side of Atlanta. He was born in the Summerhill community. He had a dyslexia and stuttering problem coming up. But that did not deter him or his entrepreneurial spirit at a very early age. Mr. Russell had ventured off downtown to see how business was operating. And he stumbled upon people that were moving and shaking in the city. And he uh, he noticed that, you know, they had people that were doing shoe shine stands in downtown. And um he had him and his entrepreneurial spirit, he he wanted to do that. You know, he felt like he could make make some money right there in his community in Summerhill. So at twelve years old, he and his brother goes down to the courthouse to get a permit to bring a shoe sign stand to his community. Now I think his brother was a little discouraged about going in and standing, you know, before all these official courthouse people and trying to obtain that, that uh, permit. And I want to say even in the PBS documentary, they noted that, 
the people actually laughed at him when he came to get the permit. But he didn't leave until he got it. At 12 years old, I mean, you got, you got to respect that kind of hustle. I mean, not only did he bring the shoe shine stand back to his community, but he took the money that he was making and bought some land, you know, right there in the community, built up the shoe shine stand slash candy stand. And so various other things in the community. I mean, you got to admire that at such an age that this young brother saw a need, went out and fulfilled the need, then made enough money to send himself to college. Where he went on to go to Tuskegee University. You know, he was raised in a family where his dad was a master plasterer, meaning that, you know, he plastered and put up sheetrock and concrete and construction jobs. So he had worked around an entrepreneur and his father who had kind of instilled that in him, you know, like, you know, your, your best route out of this uh, situation as a black man is going to be through formal education and an entrepreneurial spirit. So Herman took that entrepreneurial spirit to Tuskegee with him, got him a little crew down in Alabama and started doing construction jobs, you know, in various cities in that area. I guess he was doing them so well that he was taking jobs from white men and they didn't take to that too kindly. So they basically ran him out of town and told him that he couldn't work down there no more. He didn't let that discourage him. Came back home, jumped back on board with his father, ended up getting married having a couple of kids. I want to say three kids that he had. But the whole time, steadily cementing his name in the world of construction and real estate. I mean, I I was blown away just when I saw the PBS documentary because they touched on a lot of stuff that... Um, the smaller, the finer details that you may have not known. You know, you see the name H.J. Russell, but this is years after the success. You know, the documentary touched on a lot of stuff that the in-between, how he helped cement the legacy of the civil rights movement. A lot of times he was that place where the civil rights leaders would go and hang out at his crib, go swim at his pool. He provided legal fees when they got locked up or needed some kind of lawyer to represent them in the movement. He was that silent representation. 
I mean, when you're sparking a movement, not everybody going to be out there on the front line. You know, you have to have somebody on the inside that form relationships and and allies with the people that have been oppressing you. And even with a stuttering problem, even having a problem with dyslexia, even when people looked at him as what would be noted as country dumb, Mr. Russell never showed any signs of not being intelligent. This man was on top of everything. He was on top of every penny spent. Like you could not get over on this man. You know, he managed to maneuver his way and wove his woven, wove himself into the pattern of the boom and shake hustling city that Atlanta has become. His story was purely amazing to me. I mean, I can't really say enough because he did all this stuff like during the Jim Crow era. I mean, blacks were not allowed to do a lot of the things that he found himself in rooms and in places that gave us that voice. You know, this man formed an allegiance with like Jim Conklin for the HUD projects. This is a man that risked his own livelihood as a white man to help her. You know, he and his wife were buying projects that were white only projects for Herman. You know, <laughs> they were going to various places all over Georgia being the face, but Herman was the dollar. And these white people didn't know that this white man was buying projects for a black man. But Herman had formed such a, a good relationship to where he was trusted. And I think a lot of these people wanted to see him succeed because they knew that we were in a living in an era in which without their help, we would never get that kind of help. And, you know, a lot of times I think black people forget that you have to form formidable allies with white people and people of different races and because you cannot do it alone. We as black people, we account for a very small percentage of, of the population in, in this world. And if we, and, and if we can't get help of people around us, we'll never make it. And I'm glad that he showed that you could form these relationships and make these kind of allies to work for your the benefit not only you but for your people as a whole because a lot of the stuff that he did it helped him 
helped the civil rights movement. But not only that, it forged his relationship with bigger names in the world of construction and real estate. Ivan Allen was one of those people. He was a part of the movement. Coca-Cola helped with the movement. So when you get those kind of people on your side, then you're able to help other brothers. You're able to help pull up the Maynard Jacksons of the world. You're able to help pull up the Jesse Hills of the world who became like the insurance muscle of Atlanta with Atlanta life. So you don't, you don't get to these points in business without the help of others, you know? And I think that's where we, as a people, you know, I know we're going through a lot of social injustices and, and we've faced a number of years of racism, but not everybody that's white is your enemy. There's some out there that want to see you succeed. And uh, Herman was just just clever enough to find ways to make friends with these people. You know, I think overall, and this is something that I stand on my, myself. When you can find a common denominator in a situation, most people get along just fine. Herman had a knack to make money, not only for himself, but for the people around him. So a lot of times that helped break down that racial divide when you, when everybody can get something out of the deal. And I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, we, we, we didn't get our fair shake. But I think we're in a time and in a place where with the right calculated moves, with the right education, the right knowledge, you can get you can get your opportunity now. You know, you can take a little bit of that money that you go and spend on crazy, ridiculous stuff. Penny pinch a little bit. Save up for that shoe shine stand that you want to bring to the community, so to speak. You know? You can start out with saving a little money for a rental house or some, some investment with some stock or you and a couple of your buddies, y'all can go in together and, and, and start something. You know, y'all might want to start a food truck or y'all might want to start a, uh, a little business over here and you rent out this plaza for a little while. You know, Mr. Russell showed me in that documentary on PBS that you cannot let anything be a deterrent. And anything that we're facing right here in 2020, I'm sure it was 10 times worse because there were laws that mandated against blacks during the Jim Crow era. He might have played country dumb. But he leveraged that to his advantage. You know what I'm saying? He was a true visionary. 
You know, the man was thinking so far ahead. He bought certain sectors of Atlanta that he knew that they were going to have to come see him. He bought certain, you know, we call it gentrified now. But that man knew. Like, you're going to eventually have to come see me for certain parts of the city that you're going to want to buy back. So you ride by Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You ride all along Northside Avenue, uh, Northside Drive. Yeah. Where the, where the old Georgia Dome used to sit, where he, which in which he built. He bought a lot of that up. Early on. Having the vision, seeing that. Having that knack of knowing that somebody going to have to come see me. I mean, I get a man tons of props. I give him tons of props. You know, I think he was ingenious enough to pass on that knowledge. Pass on that that wisdom that he got from his father. He passed it on to his kids because they seem to be holding down things. You know, not only are they building in here in the Atlanta area, but DC, Baltimore, various places outside of the city of Atlanta, outside of the state of Georgia. You will see the H.J. Russell erecting buildings all over the country. His family has gone on to keep the legacy going. They got a Herman J. Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Is a project that his grandkids are working on and putting together. So he did the right thing. He passed on that that torch. That's what we have to do in our own right. No, you got to have a vision for yourself. You got to have the knack and the tenacity to go after the thing that you want. I see that a lot of us are stagnant. We got dreams. And then, then we come to the reality that we got to work a nine to five. We got kids to take care of. It's not going to be easy. And I'm sure it was not easy for Mr. Russell. But he made it look good. He made the city of Atlanta look good. And for that, I will be eternally grateful for the Herman J. Russells of the world. He is an inspiration. He's a motivation. He is somebody that I look for to inspire me and many others in life. And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up with feel free to like, comment, share this podcast episode I can be reached on all social media platforms at Radiant Media 
And the podcast name is The In Due Time Podcast. And I'm out.